Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. I come to you with a very sexy, raspy voice tonight. So uh, you're welcome. That's your first gift. Uh, So uh, my name is Jeff, and I'm actually the lead pastor here at SEC, and we're so delighted that you're with us tonight. I want to ask you a question as we get started here. We're going to put up a picture, and I want to ask you what you see in this picture. There is a uh, two uh, ladies picture here. There's one that there's a lady that's sort of turned away from us, sort of younger, and there's an older lady that's there as well. So how many of you see the younger lady? Let me see your hands. Okay, how many of you see the older lady? Let me see your hands. How many of you can't see anybody? <laughs> All right, yes. So, uh, so you see that. So uh, for those of you that can't see the younger lady, I have this laser pointer. Right here is her hair, and then you come down, and here is her nose and her chin. Okay, now those of you that can't see the older lady right here, uh, there we go with my pointer. You come down her coat line, and there's her chin right there, and here's her mouth, and you go right there's her nose. Yes, you just saw her, right? <clears throat> the reason I share that with you is because we all see things differently. You agree with that? We all see things differently. And I want to share with you this evening uh, a thought that I had, and I think it's pretty, uh, pretty incredible. And that is this, is that we want to see Christmas through the eyes of God. And what I like to do is take every character in the Christmas story and share with you how that you and I may see that, those people and then compare to how God may see those people. So we're going to get started right away. And the first famous couple in the Christmas story is who? Yes, Mary and Joseph or Joseph and Mary. They're the very first ones, so we're going to look on your outline. I want to read this passage to you. Look what it says. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the who? Holy Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had it in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what is conceived in her is not from the person next door. <laughs> right? Because that's what Joseph thought, right? He's like, oh, no, 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 no. But he goes and assures him again. He's from, he's from the Holy Spirit, right? She will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their what? From their sin. So on your outline, you see this statement here. It says, we see a teenager, but God sees potential. Aren't you glad that God sees potential in teenagers? That's right, because you and I, many of us were one, some of you are one, and many times people look at teenagers and think, you know what, one day they'll get a brain, right? Right? I mean, we've all been there. We've all been told stuff like that. 
But God, when he looks at them, Mary and Joseph, he sees potential, just like he sees in you. He sees potential. Now, what I want you to know is that we see people at face value, right? I mean, when we look at people, we see them, we look at, <clears throat> we look at their situation right now, we see their past, we see their problems, and we see them in the present, and that's it. But when God looks at a person, he looks at you, he doesn't see you where you are. He looks at your potential for the future. Isn't that awesome? And so that's exactly how the Christmas story began is that Jesus, or before Jesus was born, God looked at the people that everybody else says are just common teenagers, and he saw the potential. And I want you to know that God sees the potential in you. And that's the great thing about Christmas is because when you become a Christ follower, that all of a sudden God changes everything. Amen, everybody? And so what I want you to know is this is what I want you to know. If you're still breathing here tonight, and all of you are, we haven't called our, our emergency team in yet, so all of you are. If you're still breathing here tonight, God still has a plan for your life. And here's the deal. He's not finished with you yet. You see, I, there's a kid's song that I love that, that talks about this uh, whole beginning that, you know, I'm not finished yet. So what you're looking at tonight is not a finished product. And what I'm looking at tonight is not a finished product. There's a lot more that God has for you. Amen? And so this kid's this kid song says this. It says, he's still working on me to make me what, it, what I need to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be because he's still working on me. Isn't that awesome? You know, um, we think about uh, average people. Well, uh, one of the uh, people I want to talk to you about is uh, Ruth Graham who viewed herself this way, Billy Graham's wife. And they were driving down the road one day and they come on this construction, uh, come up on construction and they were having to do like everybody else, stop and wait in traffic for, for everything to go on. And finally, they got to the end of that miles of construction, and there was a sign that said, end of construction, thank you for your patience. And she said, Billy, that's exactly what I want on my tombstone, is saying, end of construction, thank you for your patience. And here's a picture of her tombstone that happened in 20, uh, 2007. You can see at the bottom of that, that's exactly what's on there. And I want you to know that God's still working on you, and he's not done with you. And where you are, you're not, where you are right now, you're not always going to be. And so uh, some of you are going through a struggle right now, but you know God's at work. Amen? God's at work. Okay, so <clears throat> the next uh, uh, characters that we want to look at are the shepherds. Now, again, we'll read their story, and I'll go back to a lot about them. Here we go. It says this. And there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were what? Wouldn't you be? I mean, if angels just showed up and started singing above your house, wouldn't you start being like freaking out? That's right, yes. He says this, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring good news that will cause great joy for all the people today. In the town of David, a Savior has been born to who? To you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us. Now look what happens here. 
So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were what? Amazed. They were amazed at what the shepherds had said. Notice that. Now, what I want you to write down here is this, is that we see a nobody, and what God sees is a messenger. Because you have to get the context. The shepherds were the lowliest all of all people. I mean, like, they were, you know, they lived in the field with the sheep. They didn't take a bath every day. They didn't brush their teeth every day. They live like sheep. <laughs> That's why the, nobody, they were the lowlifes. And when, when shepherds come around, people started holding their nose because they smelled like sheep. And so they were stinky, smelly people. And nobody liked to be around them. And it's amazing how that when God looked at them, he didn't see what you and I see. We see people that we don't want to be around. Like, get away from me. You know, you stink, right? Did you use deodorant today? That's the question we begin to ask, right? Did you try Listerine? I mean, we begin to think about people like that. But that's not the way that God saw them. God saw them as messengers. He saw them as messengers. You know, they had a message, and the message was good news. That They were to go and share the good news. Now, here's a question I have for you is this. What is the message you're going to share this Christmas? You have a choice. Are you going to share the are you going to share good news or are you going to share bad news? Because let's just face it, some of you are about to go have your Christmas Eve with family members that you haven't seen in a while. <laughs> and the truth is, you don't like them. And guess what? They don't like you, right? Okay. So we're on the same page here. You got family members like I do, right? They're all waiting on me to come. And we're going to act like no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm not kidding. There are some that don't like me. <laughs> but that's okay. I don't like them either. I, I, but I can love them for about two hours, right? And tolerate them. <laughs> oh, this is too real, isn't it? But what I'm going to say is this, is that you and I have to make a choice. Is that we're going to spread good news. Is that we're not going to let those sour pusses rain on our Christmas. Amen is that we have good news, that Jesus Christ is good news. And so we, we want to make a decision that we are called, no matter who they are and what they say, that they're not going to rain on our parade, that we are going to share good news. And you know what? What goes around comes around. Amen? And so when you begin to share that good news, it reminds me of a story that I, I read in a Zig Ziglar's book called See You at the Top. And he tells a story how this little boy, uh, got mad at his mother. And they, they lived in the hills of Tennessee. And he got mad at his mother, and, and he said, Oh, I hate you. I hate you, Mom. I hate you. And he ran out the door, and he ran into the woods, and he wasn't finished venting yet. He, yeah, he yelled out, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. And all of a sudden, that valley, an echo come back of a little boy's voice that said, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. The little boy was shocked. He ran back into the house and said, Mom, there's a mean little boy that lives over in that valley. He just told me he hated me. And she took him and she went back out there with him into the valley. And she said, Son, I want you to yell, I love you. I love you. I love you. The little boy yelled, I love you. I love you. I love you. And then sure enough, the voice come back. I love you. I love you. I love you. You see, life is an echo. Would you agree with that? 
It echoes what you put out. And when, when we determine that we are going to share good news, even those people that are EGRs, that means extra grace required in our lives, right? And if you don't know one, you're it. Amen. You're like, well, I don't know anybody in my family. Well, you're it. That's it. When we get around those people, if we continually put out the good things, good things eventually will come back. And so that's what the choice that I want you to make. Remember, God, we saw a person that was a nobody, that was a problem, but God saw messengers. And so quit labeling the people in your family before you get there. Maybe this year's a year that they changed. Amen? And I can tell you this, that if you will change your attitude toward them, they won't offend you as much. Amen? And that was worth you coming tonight, right there. That was it. You get to go have a Merry Christmas, everybody. That's right. You get to go have that. And so I have a next step for you. It's on this card right here. It says this. It says, I will make an effort to proclaim the good news on Christmas Day. And not just Christmas Day, but every day. You know, the good news. What's the good that's happening? Especially in, in the environment that we're in. There's all this political chaos and there's all this stuff that divides us. Just focus on the good news. Amen? Amen. Now, here's another set of characters in the Bible. These are the wise men, the wise men. So let's look at them. It says, on coming into the house. Now remember, when the wise men arrived, they were wise, but they were late. <laughs> they didn't get there until Jesus was about a year old. The wise men, so Jesus is not in the stable anymore. He's actually in a house. It says this. So on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and what? Worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, I know exactly what you ladies are thinking. You're saying this. If that would have been three wise women, they would have come to the house with diaper bags, high chairs, bottles, and diapers and things like that, right? But what do men bring? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh, okay? That's what they do. And let me just say this. Men, let's just face it. We don't always give the most practical gifts, do we? I mean, like, you know, I've already given Rhonda her gift, and guess what? It's going back. <laughs> it's going back. I tried really, really hard this year. I mean, I tried really hard, but, you know, she assured me that I got all the points for going and trying, but it's going back. And so that probably, we've been married 32 years. We dated four years before that. So that's about, uh, or, yeah, that's about 36 years that we've been together. And so uh, I think I've gotten it right about four of those years. But I've gotten credit for all of them because I've tried, right? And she said, bless his heart. How much did you pay for it so I can go get something else? But what, I wanna, the, what I'm telling you is that we men, we, we really, ladies, you have an edge on us. You, you have an intuition that we don't have. I mean, like, you know, when, our, when we have children, you know, our, our sons and daughters, they get to be two years old. And what do we do? You know, we, we, we say we're going to get them a gift. And we want to get them a nice gift. Now, listen, they can't even TT in the potty yet. And we go get them a Jeep to drive. I mean, we go get them this year. They can't even drive. They can't even, they're not big enough to do it. But we men like, yeah, this is a good gift. And it says on the box, this gift is only appropriate for 10 and older. No, that's not my child. 
I remember that Rhonda and I did that for our son Tyler. I did it. You know, I was insisted that we were going to get this Jeep because it's what I wanted. You know, I, I was just imagining myself when I was a little boy, if I could have had that Jeep. So my son was about three years, two or three years old. And again, I think he was just barely out of diapers or something at that time. And, uh, and so I got him this Jeep. And I had, to, I had to show him how to sit in there and put his hand on the steering wheel. And, of course, I had to build him a little block for the, for the accelerator because his foot wouldn't reach it. But he was my boy, right? He was going to do this thing. And so, sure enough, I put him in that Jeep, and it was like Christmas morning. And, and there's one pine tree in the front yard of our house at that time, one. And I want you to know, he went right out, and, and he mashed that accelerator. And I said, look, Rhonda, he's driving fine. Then all of a sudden, it went up the pine tree, flipped over. He never wanted to get back in it again. It made this yard sale just a few years later. Again, you know, and I just want to be honest, transparent with you. I made many mistakes in buying gifts. I don't know why I buy the stupidest things sometimes. When I tell you this story, you're going to know why Rhonda takes her stuff back. When our son, again, it was our, you know, our first child, and, and I had been away at a conference, and I was a student pastor at that time, and Rhonda had been staying with her mother, and, and I was driving home from North Carolina, and, we, and I was just thinking about how I couldn't wait to see my family, you know. I couldn't wait to see my son. And, and we stopped in a convenience store. And I was just thinking about him. I don't know why. We, we got drinks and stuff. And all of a sudden, I saw something. I thought, oh, I'm going to get that for my son. You know what I saw? This bone. <laughs> I don't know why. But when I, I saw I need to get that for Tyler. I don't know what, maybe a dinosaur or something. I don't know. I bought this bone, this bone. He, Tyler's uh, 27, so I bought this bone 26 years ago. It's a trophy that we keep around our house to remind me how stupid I can be at times. <laughs> <laughs> I brought this. I remember walking into my in-law's house, and there they all were, and, and Rhonda was there, and I pulled this out of my bag like, Tyler, here you go. And they're all like, what? <laughs> Here's a bone. Here. I don't know what you're going to do. Here. Here it is. True story. So we see, when we look at the wise men, we see strange people. God sees the spirit of generosity. You know, we see the wise men. They, they look a little strange to us, and we don't understand everything about them. But God sees generosity. He sees that. You know, it's, isn't that the point of Christmas anyway? It's about the joy of giving. I remember, I remember getting to that mature state, you know, when I was, when I was a, a preteen and, a, and, a, and about my middle teens, it was all about me receiving. But, you know, I remember when our, when again, when, our, when Rhonda and I got married and, and then our children were born, the joy did not come from receiving anymore. The joy come when we gave. And when we just watch them light up, you know, and still to this day, that's what we enjoy doing. Now, of course, they're older and they're like, my daughter's present this year was tires for a car. Amen. <laughs> and yeah, it's like, okay, what are you going to, I need tires for my car, Dad. So she had a little something to open up this year, you know. We started to bring the receipt from the tires from the car, but anyways. But, but when it's a joy of giving, you know, it reminds me again of another story. You say, Pastor Jeff, you know, this year is really slim for us and, and we don't have a lot to give. Oh, you've got a lot to give. It reminds me of a story that I read about a year ago. I, it just permeates my heart. 
There's a little girl that uh, she was excited. She was probably about seven or eight years old, or maybe a little younger now. I think she was five. And she had, um, she had gotten her dad a gift and, and had it wrapped up, and it was so beautiful. And she placed it under the tree. And every day that her dad come home from work, she would go get that gift. She said, Daddy, Daddy, here's your present. Daddy, Daddy, open this, open this. And he would say, Honey, we, we have to wait to Christmas. I want to, but we have to wait to Christmas. And sure enough, every night he'd come home, Daddy, Daddy, open the present, open my present. Baby, we have to wait a few more days to Christmas. And so she uh, finally, Christmas morning, arrived, and, you know, they were all down, and Santa had been there, and the little girl dashed past all of her toys, and she ran to that gift, and she grabbed that box and went back to her dad, said, Daddy, Daddy, open my present. He said, okay, baby. He began to start tearing the paper off real carefully. She couldn't wait. She reached and helped him tear the paper off of it. And then he opened up the box, and when he opened up the box, he didn't see anything. And uh, she said, Daddy, Daddy, do you like it? Do you like it, Daddy? Do you like it? He says, well, baby, I don't really see it. Don't you see, Daddy? Don't you see? Baby, I don't see it. I don't see it. Oh, Daddy, that's a box full of my kisses. So you see, you have something to give today. When you give your love, that's the greatest thing that you can give. All the material things that we give one day will pass away. I'll be glad when this one goes. <laughs> it's worth the story now, right? All that's going to pass away. But the, the reminder of Christmas is this. The joy of generosity is that when you give from your heart, no matter what it is, it's joyous. We laugh about this crazy bone. But for whatever reason, that day, it was from my heart. Even as dumb and as stupid as it is, we laugh about it now, but that day, it was what I had to give. And it's, it's, it's the treasure. Listen, out of all the gifts we've given our kids, I've given them. This is the only surviving one. <laughs> and it brings joy, like to you right now. It's, this gift is bringing joy to you because when, you're, when your family opens up your gift that you gave them, and, and it's stupid, and you're going to say, but Pastor Jeff gave one that's more stupid than that. This is great. So this is going to make your gift look great. So I have a next step for you. Here it is. The next step is this. I will strive to be a giver in this new year. Don't just stop at Christmas. Be a giver. The last one is this. The last person that we see in the Christmas story is who? Jesus. It's Jesus. We say at this time of the year, we say, you know... Jesus is the reason for the season. What well, I want to tell you what, that sounds really good. And, and yes, he is in some way. But that is not God's perspective. Matter of fact, let me give you the feeling right quick. When we see a baby in the, we see at Christmas, when we think about Jesus, we see a baby in the manger. But God sees me. God sees me. And God sees you. When we see the baby in the manger, God sees you and God sees me. So really, so really, at Christmas, when we say Jesus is the reason for the season, well, that, that's through our eyes. But through God's eyes, you're the reason for the season. You're the only reason that God sent his son. You're it. 
is that right now, when we're celebrating the birth of the Savior, God is celebrating you because he sent him for you. You're the reason for the season. You can never forget that, is that you're the reason. He sent a Savior, and you need a Savior. Look what the Bible says, John 3, 16. This is God's vantage point. He said, for God so loved the world that he what? Let's read what's underlined. You ready? Gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You see, there's two miraculous events that qualified Jesus to be this, your Savior. Number one, he was born from a virgin's womb. How about that? He was born from a virgin's womb, and then he walked out and left an empty tomb. Did you hear that? There's two things that qualify him to be your Savior, is that he was born from a virgin's womb, that she never met a man, and she was impregnated by the Holy Spirit, and that Jesus, when he died at Easter, he walked out and left an empty tomb. Amen? And so because of that, he's qualified to be your Savior. You see, many people think, they come to me and they talk to me and say, Jeff, you know what? I want to be saved because when I die, I need a Savior. I'm like, oh, no. If you just wait till you die to need a Savior, you miss life. You need a Savior now. A Savior walks with you and talks with you and lives within you and guides you and directs you that your life can be saved now. You know what? <clears throat> I was thinking about this. Is that I know in my own life, had I not met the Savior, I would have been down the path of a lot of people and my family went down. A lot of my friends that went down. You know, my dad and I was talking about someone I went to high school with the other day and, and, and how that, you know, they had, they had strayed off the path and, and dad was talking about them. I said, you know, I remember that person. Uh, she was like the prom queen, but in, in our senior year of high school, she varied off the path and she, she got involved with drugs and it just damaged her life. And now she's really messed up. And I was thinking, you know, that would have been me. That was, a, that was a path I was on. I was there, but at 15 years old, I met the Savior. And Jesus has saved my life. I am who I am today, not because of me, but because of Him. And those of you that have experienced the Savior, wouldn't you say that He saved your life as well? Wouldn't you say that? That you've been saved by Him, and that He's kept you on the path. Have you veered off at times? Yes, but he's been right there to pull you back in, right? When we see Jesus, we see a baby in a manger, but God doesn't. When at Christmas time, he sees that you're the reason for the season. And if you, listen, if you would just get that right now, that God's thinking about you right now, then it will change everything in your life. And I want to challenge you to do that. The greatest gift that you will ever receive at Christmas or any other time is Jesus Christ. Because he lives, as a hymn says, I can face tomorrow. Because I know he holds a future. And life is worth living because he lives. Amen? I want to give you an opportunity. There's a prayer inside of our, Let me read this last verse to you and I'll read the prayer to you. John 8 and 12 says this. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I'm the light of the what? World. Look at this. Would you read what's on the line with me? 
If you follow me, that's the cue. If you follow me, it's not enough to say, I believe in you. But it's when you really accept in your life and say, I want to follow you. And he changes everything. Everything. I remember being a teenager walking through the, my high school hallways and remembering how he changed me. I remember the struggles in my marriage, that how he changed me. I remember the struggles as being the pastor of this church for almost 25 years and how he's changed me, saved me. He wants to walk through you every season of life with you. He goes on to say, and you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have light that leads to life. Man, that's my life. That's all that I know is that Jesus, somehow, when I feel so overwhelmed, he makes a way where there seems to be no way. He shines a light. He leads me. And I want you to have that this Christmas. If I had the ability to give you a million dollars right now, first of all, I would want to do that. But I would say more important than a million dollars, that would temporarily solve that would temporarily solve your problems. But Jesus Christ solves your problems for He helps you walk through the problems and solves your life's biggest problems and helps you to walk into eternity. And that's what I want you to have. Amen? So we have this prayer. It's called a prayer to become a Christ follower. I read this every week because every week people make this decision. And you're here tonight because God, when he saw Jesus, when he saw Christmas, he didn't see a baby in a manger. He saw you. And so here's a prayer that, that I'd like for you to consider tonight. As I read this prayer, if you say, God, that is me, we won't ask you to stand up. We won't ask you to come forward. The only thing I'm going to ask you to do is on the back of this card that you have is that before we go, you check it. It says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower so we can pray for you. That's it. Let's look at the prayer. Let's read it. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Please help me turn from my sins and do your will. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. 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 Now, if that's you, again, if you're joining many of us in this room, I want to say Merry Christmas to you because your life is about to make a turn for the better. And you're going to find God to be there in those moments that you never dreamed. He's going to give you what you need. I trust that for you. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.